welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. <laughs> this is Bob Hassan and Sean Bowles. I'm the better looking of the two. Just kidding. <laughs> no, Bob, I want to be like you when I grow up. So that's not true. How are you doing? Are you saying I'm old? You're just a little older than me. Just a little yeah. older. Not old enough to be my dad necessarily, unless you did something wrong in high school. But old enough. <laughs> but old enough to be my older brother for sure, which is okay. great. <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Sean? I'm so good. California is beautiful right now. You know, it's yeah. just absolutely beautiful. So it's it's a good day. We've had a good day because we did our exploring the marketplace live conversation. I thought that was so good. That was fun. You're a good Johnny on the spot. Well, uh, that's because I have a good mentor who teaches me how to just like kind of go with the flow. Uh, you mean I for, force you into opportunities that you're not prepared for all the time? Yes. <laughs> this has been my life too. You know, I learned that when I was early in ministry, I had a pastor who would literally put me on a stage. It's like you never knew when you're going to take the stage or what you were supposed to do on the stage. You just knew you had to be awesome or, or coherent at least. Oh and it God. happened all the time and God would show up. I actually enjoyed it, but there's other people who came under performance with it. I just enjoyed it because I was like, what's God going to do? And I'm so really I, I, thinking about it. I do that to a lot of people, a lot of our friends, including you and Jeremy who runs the organization is killer at that. He's so good at like, we're going to do this today. We're going to, some of it take three weeks and we're going to get it done in three days, you know? Wow. So yes, thank you, Bob, for being a part of our world and doing that. Hey, we have an awesome show because we have our friend John Fuller on and John yeah. is a businessman in San Antonio, Texas. And he has a business of, of doing renovations and home construction and flipping houses. But he also has Are You Real podcast and a new book out as well. So we're going to talk to him just a little bit. He's a good friend of both of ours. Yeah. And before we get there, I was just thinking about the fact that so many people that we've talked to are asking us hard questions about their process, because as a Christian, we get into listening to God, and then there's usually a price to pay, or it's really sacrificial before we get to where we want to be. Mm -hmm. And I just think, ultimately, humanity, it's hard to have a father. If you don't have a father, it's almost easier in a way, because... You don't have a director or somebody who's giving you advice and who's giving you input and you can be in control of your own life. But if you've had a good, healthy father like I have, it's it's way it's actually way easier in in, in reality. But there, you know, you have to learn how to listen differently. And there's an obedience factor. I think when we listen to God for our career and he, we're trusting him to be a father, he's gonna lead us in ways we would never go. Like he told Peter, Jesus said, You're gonna go in places and listen to me and go and do things you would never want to do. And that's different than our own man-made agenda. And so when we surrender that to God, I feel like our process for sometimes decades is different than we would have chosen. Do you experience that? Yeah, it's the, you use the operative word surrender and control. Yeah. And we, you know, I, I walk around trying to control my life all the time and continually have to be in surrender. And when I was early in my career, um, I I was a subcontractor, still I'm a subcontractor. And when it got to, uh, we would bid jobs and we would do the best we could and figure out what the price was and do all this research and say, okay, here's what our bid is. And sometimes we get moved back because we're a relational uh, company and people would say, hey, can you do the job for, you know, 2%, 5%, 10% less? 
And when I was younger, I kind of had this competitive streak. Like if, if the next guy can do it for less then I should be able to do it for less. And mm-hmm. sometimes I take these jobs and inevitably end up losing money and kind of scratch my head and remember, Oh, I, I sort of controlled that thing Wow! and I didn't surrender. And if I look back in my career at, you know, the thousands of jobs we've done, the ones that have lost money have been because I tried to take control either on the bid process or the buyout process or even in the operational process. And so this surrender aspect in our process to me is just remembering every single day, you know, to trust in the Lord, to be surrendered to the Lord, that I don't, I might not have to ask the Lord for every little decision because I, I'm, I've, I've yielded to him in my life and he's in control of my life. No, I think it's huge. And I think of, you know, as when I was pastoring, it was probably the most pastoral counsel other than the main, you know, grief stuff and whatever people come to you for. The most as it were, uh, for LA centered people was career stuff and disappointment yeah. that their acting career hadn't taken off or that they were an agent and three of their clients had left them or they were a director and they couldn't get the funding for their new film or whatever. They couldn't get a producer involved. And they were just like, I, God sent me here. He sent me this far. And I would have to have that talk about the midnight out in the wilderness. You know, like God puts us in a wilderness that we cannot control. Yeah. And it strips us of all kinds of layers of self and flesh and even good things that are normally good. If you're not walking with God, it could be a good operation system. But God's like saying, let's call that even higher. Let's call you into something that, you know, I can only form in you. And I'd have to have these talks about how sometimes God comes through right after the midnight hour too. And, and you're looking at 1159 going, I mean, I'm done. And I'm like, wait till 1201, wait till 1201, you know, wait two more months and see what God could do. And, if you have the grace for it. And it was, it was, it's really interesting to watch that argument that happens in mature Christians, which is God, I haven't I given you everything mm-hmm. disappointment where, where we're at. And some of that goes back to the value system of, you know, we are ashamed because we don't have more accomplished in life or we are, we're expecting more. And so we're disappointing God because we want our accomplishments to define us instead of our sonship. That's a big deal. Another thing is, you know, we compare ourselves to other people and we look at their journey and go, man, if I had gone my route, if I had just done this differently, wouldn't I have been here? And those are arguments that are like literally pride. They're just the death to what God's trying to do in you. Because if I looked at when I was young in ministry at what other ministries were doing, they had books, they had all kinds of materials, they had TV shows, they had all kinds of stuff. And if I had looked and had to compete with that at that time, I mean, I didn't write a book until 2001, but I was in ministry since 1993. Wow. And I was traveling and doing all kinds of stuff. And if I had looked at everybody else and looked at their prototype for how they did ministry, I would have been doomed because I would have just come out with something that was shallow that I wasn't proud of that 10 years later would have to take off the shelves, you know, mm-hmm. but there's this pressure on us, I think, for whatever we do to look around and to want to define our own process. And that's, that's the biggest kind of surrender point as a mature Christian you can do is say, God, I receive you as a father and I don't like the way you're leading me, but I surrender. So good, Sean, that's so good. I I just got ministered to, thank you. I wish you (laughs) had been around when I was younger and you could have talked to me about the midnight oil or that would have, you know, I feel better already. Well, listen, we've got John Fuller next, stay tuned. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I wanna tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. 
If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Hey, welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace. We have our friend John Fuller. J- Sean, can you tell us a little bit about John? Well, you heard me in the bio earlier, but I just want to say our connection point, John, you reached out to me and when I was first starting my podcast career and had me on your podcast and just kind of reached out and connected and where it was, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're building. And it just made me feel so friendly to the new world that I was exploring. And I so appreciate you for that. But you're also a prolific businessman in Texas and you build homes and you go in and renovate, you construct, you do all kinds of stuff. And I love watching your videos sometimes that you post on Facebook. I'll be like, oh, yeah. the trauma of my past renovations comes up again. <laughs> oh, so welcome, buddy. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Appreciate you both. Well, we have a great conversation today because you um, have been inspiring people and you've been sharing kind of your journey. And also you have a podcast called Are You Real? And I think there's party that just is connected to who God is and how do we walk that in every aspect and quadrant of life. But take us on the journey as far as where did this start with you where you start to really partner with God, especially when it comes to being a business person? So it's really interesting. The years ago, we bought our first business, Casey and I did when we were 20. And uh, I had dropped out of college and um, just kind of asked the Lord. Um, so what's funny, so my background, just to kind of give a little bit of foundation to that is I grew up in the ghetto. Um I literally had no money. I think I had a $300 negative. I I owed a credit card $300. I had no worth. I'm a dropout college student. Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) And uh, so Casey and I hear the Lord and the Lord says to tell us to get married or to separate. And I was like, uh, that's not really an option, Lord, because... She was number two for Miss New Mexico. She was about, they, she was kind of predicted to win Miss New Mexico the following year. Uh, I was on a football scholarship and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And uh, so really clearly we heard the Lord again said, get married or separate. And he told us both separately. Wow. We came together, which was awesome. So it was a confirming word when we got back together to talk. And uh, so we told her pageant mom, what was going to happen. And they were like, listen, you can't do that. If you, if you will not get married and live together, um, we'll pay for your wedding, uh, honeymoon. They knew she wanted to go to Hawaii. So they will pay. Cause they didn't have kids. Casey was like their kid. Uh, and just let Casey win Miss New Mexico and do all this stuff. And we have all these plans for her. And uh, we'll pay for everything, your housing, school. Like I'm, I'm telling you, it was like a full ride ticket for everything, right? And really specifically, we heard the Lord say, that's not what I told you. Get married or separate. Wow. And we it took a sacrifice. Faith. It was a huge sacrifice, man. We took a step of faith. So we took Casey's lunch break. She was working for a lawyer. And we took her lunch break and went and got married. Um, so they were upset. Uh, my family didn't really care. Hers was kind of like what just happened. But 
that for us was like a step of faith to say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to just say that I love you. I'm not going to just go to church. Um, actually all in, like, let's do this. And, uh, so we go all in and literally in one week, we got married. Uh, I had done my last bodybuild comp bodybuilding competition that weekend. Um, so I, I got out of competition that weekend and then, um, this health food store came up for sale and the bank told me, they said, if you can do a projection of uh, profit loss, all this information, if you can fill it out, we'll consider giving you a loan. Now this is, I'm sorry, this was the week before we got married. So I filled out all this stuff, but they needed obviously collateral. Right. And, uh, so my dad, who I had almost no relationship with at the time, that was Rocky, literally sells me his Jeep on payments, but gives me the title. And I use the title as the collateral to buy the payment. It makes payments. All this happens in a week, all after we decided to go all in and serve the Lord. So that that was that was my beginning journey of God saying, I want to be your father. Let me show you what this is like. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. So you guys owned a health food store mm -hmm. and walk us through that journey when you were a young entrepreneur saying, We're gonna, we're gonna do something here. What was that like and what what happened with that store? Because I know that's not where you're at anymore. Yeah, so that was fun. So uh, we were in a small town of like 30,000. It was a mining town. And when we first bought it, we really specifically heard the Lord tell us, I want you to call it Messiah's Health Shop. So we were like, okay. So you talk about making a bold statement. Here's the thing. We lived in New Mexico. We lived in like, it's almost like a mini version of Santa Fe. So it's known for a lot of witches, warlocks. There's a lot of covens. A lot of demonic activity goes on there. I mean, you can feel it when you come into New Mexico. And um, it, it, was, it was really rough because we'd have witches and people come in. They would hide tarot cards. Um, they would curse us. Like people would tell us they weren't going to come into our store anymore because we called it Messiah's. Like it's opposite of where I live. I live in the Bible Belt now. If I called it Messiah's Construction Company, like I'd probably be super busy, busier than we already are, right? But but it was the opposite. People like protested us and stuff. And we really just had to stand on our faith. And, and um, it was a great learning experience because the Lord brought us through a journey of me understanding just financials and, and how to communicate with people. You talk about a restaurant business, man, that's rough. I mean, people are, they can be really rude. They're hard to deal with. So I learned customer service. Casey and I really just had to go two feet in. But the coolest part about the whole journey of owning that store was at one point, um, the mines closed down. And in a town of 30,000, they let off like 5,000 people. Wow. And the economy in that town literally collapsed. Mm. And um, I, I don't, I still to this day don't even know how it worked out. But I mean, out of many, many businesses, we didn't close our doors. Like our bills were still paid. God provided through other means. I, I started getting into construction and other, that was kind of the beginning of my construction business and other stuff. And God literally provided, but it never failed. And then seven years into it, almost I don't want to say to the day, but to the month, uh, seven years, we ended up selling it and we moved to West Texas to be with Casey's family. Wow. 
Such a great story. John, I was going to ask you, obviously, Casey was at the cusp of some big dream of being Miss New Mexico. And yeah. but you heard the Lord speak and you listened to the Lord. And um, how did you guys work through or was there loss? And, you know, you were a bodybuilder, you were doing these things. And the Lord said, look, get married. How did you guys work through that? Or was it something that you were just so pleased to hear the Lord and be married that? You <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I, I think for Casey, I, I mean, I think it took us years. So what's interesting is when we first got married, so that was like what we call our wilderness experience. So we spent the next um, seven years literally in the hardest driest emotional place I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Thanks. Um, God took all of our friends, uh, family. Uh, we had three kids by the time I was 25, Casey was 24. So in the middle of buying that business, we had three kids and I think there was a lot of loss, but it was, there was a lot of stripping away, Bob. So it, through that process, you can through in in that moment, and I'm and I feel like I'm speaking to some people right now. They're going to be listening to this. Is yeah, is you look at it like God's harsh and like God's doing something, and and like you're you're going through all this pain, and and it's real. Yeah, you're going to look back and you're going to say that scripture when it talks about He turns ashes into beauty. Mm. And he takes all those broken things in our life, the things that we think we need, the things that we think we want, and he's molding us into who he created us to be through that circumstance. But if we try to bypass the journey or bypass the circumstance, we're never going to be what Christ called us to be because it's through the process and the journey that gets us to where he wants us and to work through all the emotional crap and the baggage we all carry. Yeah. It's so interesting because we talk about process quite a bit uh, behind the scenes, just with our friends and family. And Bob and I even wrote a, a chapter or a new book about it. And it's just that thing of like, we want to the same results sometimes as our friends and our family or other people who are in college with us. We're watching them go forward and, and we're still sometimes stuck in that seven years, you know, that in that season of time, that's like, wait, I'm being obedient to you. And yet my life's not working out in a way that I could foresee. And I feel like those are the moments where God's like, but do you want a human result that you could have produced with your own decisions? Right. Or do you want a God result that this time right now is invaluable that you're going through maybe what looks like failure at times, or maybe what looks like a small beginnings or something that you wouldn't have even directed yourself into doing. But then you look at that person's life 20 or 30 years later and you're like, Oh, okay. And that's the hard thing in our culture is because we're not, and you're so you're, it's so great that you're sharing the story because we're, in our culture, we're telling young people, we've got Bob and I both had young guys come to us and say, I'm not a millionaire yet. And they have anxiety about it and they're 30. Yeah. I'm looking at them, why do you have anxiety about not being a millionaire? Most people who establish real wealth are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. What are you doing? Like what who are you comparing yourself to and why? And what is the goal? You know, it's just this this mentality of when you walk with the Lord, it's about process and relationship, not about necessary we want to see the metrics change we want to see life and the world change but that it takes time and so it's yeah. huge 
I'm sorry. There's a couple of things. It's funny you said that, Sean. I was reading this morning Isaiah talk about um, don't despise small beginnings. Yeah. It says the Lord rejoices in wow. those. And and I think to speak to those young guys that come to you guys, you know, my goal is to be a millionaire by the time I was 25. And then I hit 25 and I said, I'm going to hit it by 30. And there was a couple moments, some real estate deals that I probably could have made it happen. But the Lord in his grace, this is what these young people don't need to under. This is what they need to hear. It was his grace that didn't allow me to receive that kind of money. Because had I, I had a couple opportunities where I got some really big checks and just those small moments, my pride and my arrogance puffed up as if I was something when I truly was nothing. And I would not be married today. I would not even be on this podcast today. Wow. Had I made millions of dollars by the time I was 30, because I would, I would have lost it all. I probably would have had an affair. I wouldn't, I would have screwed up my kids. I would have screwed all of it up. And that's the thing is we think we're prepared. We think we can handle money and that's our goal. But really, God's more concerned about our heart and where we're going to be in the long run. He he wants us to have money. He wants to bless us. That, that's not the issue. It's can we handle it? And most of us cannot. Yeah, it's true about success, fame, influence, all those things. There's a process. It doesn't mean you can't be rich at 30, but it means that there's a process of walking with God in it. That's really important. Well, take us back into your story. And um, take us into like you guys moved to West Texas and you started your construction business and you guys got involved with local churches there and all kinds of stuff. Talk about your spiritual journey as far as being a contractor and walking it out. Yeah, so it's been really fun. Um, a, a lot of things happened. We actually, and I won't get into huge details, but we went bankrupt at one point between the time we left New Mexico and got here. That was, we lost a company. And then started getting involved in construction. And then um, the Lord, it, it was interesting. It's like a lot of times people, especially young people are like, what's my purpose? Or what am I called to do? Or this, that. And, and I asked those same questions. But what was funny is I kept on getting drawn back to construction. But the funny thing about that is I told my dad when I was a kid, my dad was a home builder. And I said, I'm never going to be one of those stupid construction workers like you. Yeah. Oh, is what I told him because there was because there was no glory in it. Right. I was arrogant. I mean, I was like 18 when I said it. And it was funny because the Lord just kept on drawing me back to it. And I wow. finally realized I was like, every time I try to leave construction or stop flipping houses or do something, I always go back to it inevitably because I love it. And um, so we just we started a construction company. I was working for another guy. And uh, he built homes, but I was doing remodels. So I got fired because I was competition, which I have no idea how those even relate. This guy was popping out like 80 houses a year and I was doing like two remodels a year. I mean, do the math. And uh, so it was totally the Lord kicking me out the door. And then he just partnered just the whole journey. I think when we're surrendered to the Lord and we're like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm in your will. And if you'll show me what you want to do, he brings inevitably the people we need, whether it's the business partners, which we were talking about a little bit before. If I need a partner, God brought me a partner. If I needed to understand contracts, God would bring me somebody needed contracts. If I needed help. He brought help. Like, it, you know, the scripture says you have not because you ask not. Well, I ask 
And, and I just believe that God was going to, they just, now let me rephrase that. At first I didn't realize I would just think it and people would show up literally. Hmm. And I started realizing like, God just knows what I need. And they just, they just happened to show up. Like I need more help. And somebody calls me and says, Hey, I, um, I heard you might be hiring or you're looking for a trim carpenter. I'm like, actually, yes. Perfect timing. And that's just been my journey with construction that, you know, over the last couple of years, we, we doubled and and I'm all over the place. So at any point, just you, we can go back and forth in the journey. But what comes to my mind is this last year, we doubled in, in revenue in the size of our construction company. Awesome. And it was crazy. But the, the mental, you know, Bob and I had several conversations about that. I had conversations with other friends that, I had to learn a whole new skill set. That wasn't like I was prepared for that. And I had to ask the Lord, I, you know, I needed a general manager. I needed another project manager. I needed another, um, Casey was doing design. Like we needed all this help, but people just came. And it's like, the Lord was just like, here you go. Wow. In my whole journey in, in business, you know, people think that our faith in ministry, or sorry, ministry and faith in business are separate, but they're not separate. They're all one because they all interflow because it's who I am on the inside. So if I'm walking with the Lord and I'm having relationship with the Lord and loving Jesus, it's going to overflow in my business in every relationship that I have. So good. Yeah. Good. Well, John, we have a couple more minutes left and, um, Tell us about the book you wrote and your podcast. Okay. So um, the book was a really interesting journey that started, I'd have to go back and look, I bet it's been seven or eight years. And at the time um, we were just so broke. It was awful. And uh, I was down in my basement. I just got done preaching the night before to like 300 kids. And I heard the Lord, I was going down to decompress my sermon and the Lord said, I want you to turn to Ezekiel 37. So I turned down there and he's talking about the dry bones, about speaking life into dry bones. And man, I just, I got rocked in my basement because the Lord was basically telling me, he says, you've been speaking death over your family, over your finances, over your business for years. And he had used Casey for many, many years to basically rebuke me and tell me to stop, man. It was awful. Wow. And, um, and I'm reading the scripture and the Lord says, um, I want you to speak over your finances and cause and tell them to double. And dude, at the time I had like been through the whole name it and claim it movement. I had seen that. I really struggled with that. I was like, Lord, I, I can't do that. Yeah. And uh, it was just too hard. And, and it was funny. So we went round and round for like an hour. And it wow. was a process. And the Lord was like, no. So once I did that, he said, okay, now I want you to speak them to triple. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, so now I'm like, okay, is this me? Am I being selfish? Is this greed? Like all this stuff. It's really jacking with me. And uh, so we get to the end of like this hour, however long down the basement, the Lord says, all right, so now I want you to speak to your finances and tell them to quadruple. Wow. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to do that, Father. Like, uh-uh. And uh, he had his way. I submitted. And, uh, and I did. And um, 
And so the Lord took me through a year process of just speaking prophetically over my business, over my marriage, over my children. And I started carrying a five by seven card. Actually, I still have it. I have a five by seven card that I keep in my wallet. It's I've had it in there for years. But what I would do is the Lord would give me a word. And I would speak prophetically the word that he gave me over my wife, over my marriage, over my kids. Uh, And the Lord said, the fastest fruit you'll ever see is speaking my words over those situations in your kids and your family. And uh, so I did that. And over the years, so the highlight to come full story, the start of my book was uh, the accountant calls me the following year and says, hey, John, um, I got some good news. And some bad news. And I was like, crap, man, I knew what he was saying. He goes, you need to come see me. And uh, so I go in there. He goes, well, you had a good year. And I was like, yes. And he goes, man, you got some taxes now. And I'm like, great. And uh, so we, we worked through that. Well, I grab, I'm walking out of his office and I reached down with my hand to grab the doorknob. And I hear the Lord say, go look at last year's tax return. The moment he said that, I knew he took me back to him telling me to speak prophetically over our finances. It was four times what we had made previous year. It jacked me, dude. It was awesome. Well, I've had the opportunity to read the book, and it's just a great book. I'm so glad you wrote it because it really does tie God's voice, speaking the words, speaking life. And it's just you do a great job of even training people or helping people to connect how to do that and how to hear. And it's just right in line with our show. So I sure hope people get it. How do people get a hold of it? Uh, Right now, it's just on Amazon. Uh, If you go on Amazon, it's uh, Speaking God's Frequency. And uh, you can type in John, no H, John B is in Fuller. And then also uh, you you did the forward in there and contributed. Bob's in there. And there's uh, uh, Brian Head Welch, uh, the guy who wrote The Shack. I think there's like 10 contributors. It came out really well. I was very blessed. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great book. And I think everybody needs to get a hold of it. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we so enjoy your story. We know we'll hear from you again. And hopefully we'll do one of these marketplace lives that we do on social media with you. I hope you'll come and be a guest. Yeah, and that's I, it. And right now, Bob, we have one of our favorite segments of the show, which is questions with Bob and Sean coming up next. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our 
They're a team. They're a family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Welcome back to Questions with Sean and Bob. Sean, we have a question from Hannah. My question is, so as an artist, when I'm in the zone doing my work, I mean, I think other people who aren't artists understand what I'm talking about. It could be any profession. Um, I want to create art and design with Jesus, like Holy Spirit-filled designs. And sometimes I forget to remember Jesus while I'm in the zone. So how do I discipline myself to incorporate Jesus in my work? I mean, time flies and it feels like, well, the day is over. Darn it. I forgot to do my work with Jesus. Like, how do you do it? Like, how am I supposed to practice this more? Like, practically, like, take deep breaths, breaks, uh, practically pray, like, a quick prayer before I work on the next project? Like, I don't know. Thanks for taking my question. Hannah, what a great question. And I think this goes back into, you know, abiding with God and, like, letting your whole life be filled with God, where I think it's Romans 12 where it says, offer yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pure. Your whole life becomes connected to God. And so what you're doing... I love my friend, Josie Lewis, who's an artist and defines this really well. You enter into a flow state and that flow state is worship. Like if you all have five hours of creativity that go by and you just enjoyed yourself and you're connected and you're doing your job and you're doing your work and you felt good about it, that was probably God allowing you to enter into a place of connectedness to him and who you are and bringing the best to who you are and you're flowing. And that is worship. That's just as much worship as someone singing on Sunday morning on a worship team or singing and raising your hands or praising God. And I feel like sometimes we've been defined that worship is very linear and only one thing. It's just when we sing three songs in a row and we get to a place where we cry out to God from the depth of our being. But worship is when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing and honoring God and connected to God. And when you lose yourself in that connection, you know you're doing it right. That's so good, Sean. And, and Hannah, I would I would just say, you seem like you're creative and you have this beautiful relationship with the Lord and trust it. Trust that he's speaking to you. Trust that you're hearing him. Trust that he's yeah. directing your paths and your creative endeavors. And um, take the pressure off yourself that you think you have to ask him every five minutes or every hour or whenever any situation comes up and just rest in him. I love what you just said, Sean, about the flow state and and enjoy that and recognize, oh my gosh, I just had a day with the Lord. My wife, Lauren, is very creative and she'll get into these flow states and lose track of time. Totally. Um, you know, when I find her or when she comes out of the bed, <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe what God told me. And then I hear the, all the creative process and it's just a beautiful thing that people have the ability to do. So um, thank you for the question, Hannah, and enjoy your time with the Lord. That's great. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.